Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, the world's favourite cricket show with me, Adam Bayfield, and of course, not forgetting, Tony Kerr. Undoubtedly. Indubitably. Yeah, how's it going? Not bad, Tone. Uh, Not bad at all, it's good to see you. Do you want to tell the listeners where we are? Back on the beach. We're back on the beach, mate. Well, it's just a throwback to last summer, isn't it? The Beach Boys are back. (laughs) That's what they call us, isn't it? The Beach Boys. Can we copyright that name? It's probably, it's probably available, isn't it? Now? Yeah, yeah, down on the beach called Pickerel. Out on uh, the Guernsey's yeah, nice. west coast. Yeah, I think we made the decision last year uh, at any opportunity would record on the beach from now on. Yeah. It's only taken us 360 odd episodes to, to work <laughs> this out that it's actually quite nice recording on the beach. Yeah. Um, I think from now on, really, this is us. Well, this is very much my attitude to life is um, given a choice between being on the beach and not being on the beach, I choose being on the beach. So that's where... That's where we're podding from now on. Yeah, it's beautiful, uh, beautiful beach, although it has clouded over since I got here. You were about 45 <laughs> minutes late. So when, when I arrived, uh, it was really sunny. The tide was right up, kind of lapping almost at my feet. The tide is now miles away and it's clouded over. Um, but, you know, it's still, still beautiful. There's some boats bobbing out there. It is very nice, yeah. That was a shame I wasn't here before, but there we go. <laughs> well, shame it was entirely out of your control. <laughs> you know what time you arrived at but never mind i'm not annoyed about it at all um we've got lots to talk about today Tony. lots of cricket to talk about uh the series between england and new zealand there's plenty to to discuss from that and the world test championship final is coming up as well i'm gonna in just a second i'm gonna throw over to you tone because you've uh stepped up you've been volunteered to uh to give the 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 match roundups the kind of uh in-depth ball by ball well maybe you won't go ball by ball like i normally do We'll find out. Um, but I'm doing that because I've, I've not brought my laptop to the beach, which I did do last summer, which turned out to be foolish. Still picking sand out of that. So uh, I'm going off the phone today, just working off the notes app. I haven't got the kind of extensive notes I usually have. It's, it's, it's a script, really. It's more like a script. It's very kind of tightly, tightly written. It kind of, we bat it back and forth, don't we, between our, you know, our writing staff. Yeah, over the course of, the, of a couple of weeks, it takes shape. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, it, you know, it has to go to your people to be clear. Then it goes to legal. You know, there's a lot of stuff that that has to be done before it's signed off. But today I've just got a few little uh, scribbly notes on, on the notes app here. So we'll say a bit more freewheeling. Bit we'll of Trumpy today. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of, you really don't know what's going to come out of your own mouth. Well, exactly. And I have my PA right these, <laughs> so I've not read them before. So be like, oh, uh, Devin, Devin Conway, who's that? Um, so should be interesting. Uh, but yeah, as I say, lots to discuss because uh, England have been playing New Zealand in a two-test series to kick off the international summer in England. We've got the New Zealand kind of building into the World Test Championship final against India, which starts on Friday this week. We're recording this on Wednesday. So we're going to talk about that later. But let's start with these uh, with these England tests. 
it didn't go very well for England, is that fair to say? Fill us in, Tone. Give That's us your say, roundup. Well, just I suppose to round it up, New Zealand won 1-0. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you want any more details or is that enough? Yeah, I mean, that, that's enough to go on. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll take it from the top. I won't go into quite as much detail as Adam normally does. Um, but yeah, New Zealand, uh, of course, won the toss. Going back to that first morning yeah. at Lords, uh, yeah, no, was it heads or was it tails? Started at Lords, can't remember. Um, but yeah, New Zealand um, put themselves in, didn't they? Devon Conway, as you mentioned before in your little joke, um, was the, the the star of the show, uh, making two hundred on debut. Uh, England followed that up with uh, something not not a you know a, a competitive. Or you argued you could argue they were still slightly in the game at that point possibly uh rory burns uh leading the way another opener 132 he made um new zealand then sort of set up the uh or dangled the carrot didn't they um with that declaration 169 for six they declared to to give england you know a really tasty juicy target to aim for on that final day which they took absolutely no notice of and just uh just blocked it out dom sibley 60 from 207 balls vintage knock from him uh, on the final day at Lords uh, to be uh, for a drawn match that one, and so off they went to Edgebaston uh, in front of a you know decent crowd as well. There, uh, England of course desperate to put on a show. Burns making some runs in the first innings, eighty-one. As England posted three hundred and three. New Zealand, though, finished with a first innings lead. Eighties um, or the eighties were the sort of popular score, weren't they, in this Test match? Conway uh, made eighty-two. Will Young. Not the Will Young, but another Will Young. 82, he made a Ross Taylor 80. And, uh, what did Gareth Gates get? How many did he score? Could, I uh, mean, it's just a terrible joke. How it? many did David Smedden get? <laughs> Brookstein. He got a few, I think. Can't remember what his first name was, though. Um, yeah, so New Zealand... I really cracked uh, myself up there. New Zealand finished... Uh, finished that with a with a first innings lead, um, which you know they didn't really need in the end because England absolutely uh, just fell away, uh, blitzed for 122 in their second innings. The, the, the wickets shared. I haven't really mentioned the bowlers, have I? So no, I know it's not as easy as it looks, Tone, is it? It's yeah, not as true. easy as I make it look. Well, I mean, you take ages to put it together. That's <laughs> you know, obviously it's paid off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wickets shared around uh, Bolt and uh, Wagner. <laughs> With a couple each. Wagner. <laughs> um, and Matt Henry, who came in, uh, taking three in that final innings. Yeah, he was man of the match, uh, wasn't he? Three in each innings. as well with a couple of wickets. And yeah, obviously New Zealand knocked that off. No trouble at all. Uh, just a couple down. So yeah, all in all, New Zealand's series. Well, they won it 1-0, didn't they? They took the series. I complained um, in our preview that there was only two tests. I was annoyed that there was only two tests. It feels like it could be a five-test series. But I was saying that on the basis that these are two very well-matched teams. It, you know, it'd be so competitive. Five te- We need five tests. Two tests, not enough to sort of establish who the best team is there. But um, I still would have liked five tests, but I was wrong about that because <laughs> I think if there had been five tests, it could have easily been four or five nil. It seems, you know, I don't know. What do you think? Is this fair to say? Is there... It it felt like there was a bit of a golfing class between these two teams. Yeah, I mean, I've been pretty positive over the last few years about things. I think you generally where you've been slightly more despondent. Mm. I've tried to kind of cheer you up and and, and you know and, and look on the the bright side of things. It's, I don't I, tough to remember. Ugh, 
tough to remember a sort of worst two or three weeks. <laughs> okay. For, for, I mean, yeah. uh, what? There will, there will have been, of course, mm. but for my memory wise, uh, uh, it's tough to remember. Work, just in terms of like a more depressing. Where maybe. we? Yeah, exactly. With like the and, Ollie and, Robinson stuff. Mm. I mean, it, the first day was great of the, the of the series, but then it all from about midday it started to go south, didn't it? And um, yeah, all that stuff obviously was was kind of uh, very very unfortunate. We'll come um, on to that. You know, then obviously the cricket didn't help. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, when you, look, you just look at where England are and, and, and the matches in front, it is pretty, it was sort of feels like we're heading for a bit of a cliff if, if, if we haven't fallen off it. You said this to me the other day, that there's got to be a very good chance now that England won't win a test series this year. They won't win any of these series. Well, it's a good chance they might not win a test, I think, the way things are going. <laughs> well, they have won one. They won that oh, one well, series. Uh, from in now, though. Sorry, from, yeah. From, from this summer. Well, it's, that's not impossible, is it? I mean, they haven't won a test in Australia for a very long time at this point. They've obviously lost to India, now lost this series, and very tough five tests against India coming up. I'm sure we'll do a preview close to the time. I mean, but you've not, got to make India favourites for that. I mean, to be fair, we don't need to, yeah. To be fair, we don't really need to worry about this or the India series. Just warm ups, obviously. So <laughs> the real the real quiz starts in uh, in Brisbane. Well, that's what Chris Silverwood would have you yeah. believe. I mean, just to, just to start on New Zealand. I mean, it's just so incredibly impressive for them. Uh, from them well for lots of reasons and lots of very uh impressive kind of standout individual performances but the thing that really shone through for me was the fact that they made six changes between tests one and two and that's probably the thing that we would have said was a weakness for new zealand as we'd have said yeah that first 11 is outstanding but what what have they got beyond that you know what do they have the depth of other teams you know obviously thinking about india but even australia and others you know do new zealand really have that depth are they kind of over reliant on what we have in the past term the golden generation of six seven eight players but yeah they made six changes all right a couple of those changes were first choice players coming back in like trent bolt but yeah will young matt henry you'd say is probably only their fifth or sixth first choice seamer and turned out to be man of the match Obviously, Demma Conway coming in to to make his debut in this series. There is depth there, and yeah. they've got to be so encouraged by that. They're, they're, because you know, as, as we say, as we said on the preview, you know, there is a question about how far is this a golden generation? You know, what's going to happen in over the next few years when Taylor goes and Southie and Bolt eventually go? But I think there's every reason to think that they will continue because they're you know it seems like there are players lining up to take their place. Yeah, and they just seem to be doing um, a lot of things right, don't they? Clearly, the, the results are showing that. But, um, you, you know, there seems to be a, 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 a kind of, a, yeah, there's a balance to that side. There's a, there's a plan that, that, sort of, that it's not overcomplicated. You know, obviously, Williamson didn't score many in the first test, um, didn't play in the second, and they've still sort of battered England, really. Uh yeah, uh, no, it, it is super impressive. And, you know, I, I think you did feel you, you had to give England some hope, maybe it's not the right word, but you had to, you had to give England um, you, some expectation going into the series, given that, it, you know, obviously it, it has been a very difficult place for, for visiting teams to play and England have done very well and there are good mm. players. That said, you know, I think I, I, I predicted three, well, I predicted that New Zealand would win all three of their tests here. Um, and, you know, they... they 
arguably they were well on top, obviously, in that first test. Yeah, you're too pleased with yourself for that, <laughs> for that prediction, considering you got it wrong. <laughs> the first test. You've mentioned it about six times. <laughs> Um, on text and in person yeah um but you know uh, and now they go into this world test championship final in a in a great place i mean the weather might get in their way mm. in the end but um we'll see uh but that you know that 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 now assuming india um obviously with a slightly different build-up with pl- you know playing against themselves in a, in a couple of games um assuming they arrive in in good shape and and you know s- you know settled enough into the conditions and it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a really exciting event. I think they're a great team to watch New Zealand as well. That, that's the other thing. I mean, they do have some attritional players or players who play attritional cricket, you know, Ross Taylor, you know, the 80 that he scored wasn't beautiful to watch, but then they also have some, some more kind of dashing players in the batting. Obviously we didn't see the best of Kane Williamson, but he's, you know, one of the best players to watch in the world, I think. And then I just love watching their bowlers. Trent Bolt is phenomenal you know aesthetically and neil wagner i love wagner I, I feel like he's not everyone's cup of tea but i just love the kind of this is a bit of a cliche isn't it but the sort of heart and the just the sheer amount of effort he puts and you can sort of see him like on his face he's kind of like his face scrunched up as he runs in and just kind of explodes through the crease and i love the way he it's, a sort, of, it's a sort of uh, sorry yeah, it's a sort of um uh attitude or, or kind of the what he exudes that you'd find really annoying in an australian but the fact <laughs> yeah. it's a kiwi it's actually quite like that's an excellent point alluring and like endearing that is an excellent point um i'd find it incredibly annoying in an australian almost any other nationality <laughs> and it certainly if i met him in real life and was playing six aside football against him uh i would loathe it uh but yeah I, I i love it in him on the new zealand cricket team um and i love the way he kind of he can't believe how good he is <laughs> like when this happened quite a few times in the series where he'd bowl like a he'd bowl a jaffa he'd bowl a brilliant ball that would beat the bat and he'd just go oh like, <laughs> it was like he couldn't believe his own <laughs> yeah. genius um and still my favorite chant fan chant in cricket is wagner yeah that is so good. everything about him you know he's got he's got a lot to offer got it all yeah we will Let's come back to the Test Championship final. Let's do England before we get there. What do you make Start of England? <laughs> what do you make of England after all this? I mean, yeah, you kind of said it was. it's tough to remember a worse couple of weeks. I mean, you know, I think there have been lower moments in terms of, like, the actual result or, you know, and, and it lower moments in terms of how long they went on, you know, like the 2013 whitewash in Australia, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, it's short, things it was, that will live longer than this. At least it was short and sweet. This. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or short and not so sweet. Short and bitter. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you in terms of it being. I I, st- I don't know. I, st- I still think this is slight hyperbole or a bit of an exaggeration, but because it's not that long ago that they won six tests away from home or whatever it was. I mean, I don't think. I think you can overstate how bad they are, but they are just incredibly average. Is how I would describe them. And. Although I think this is starting, they're kind of correcting this a little bit. We, this was my complaint for a long time that they didn't seem to, they seem to have a much higher opinion of themselves as a team than they should have. And, you know, and I think they and certain uh, quarters in the media were kind of talking about them as being a great test team and they absolutely weren't. And I, I think that's, that has changed a little bit. But they, there just doesn't seem to be much reason for optimism going into this India series or this Australia tour and not 
and the reason for that, the reason why it feels so kind of depressing, so kind of hopeless, is because I think these are real systemic problems, aren't they? This is not a case of saying, you know, oh, oh they've just got their selection all wrong. Or, you know, yes, we can talk about, and we have talked about the rotation policy and whether that's the right thing to do. And there were players missing here. But actually, the players that were missing were replaced by other very good players. Like, you know, Archer wasn't there, but it's hard to say that that made a massive difference given that they played four pace bowlers who were all all arguably first choice anyway and bowled very well the top five was England's best top five and that was the the real issue was the batting wasn't good enough and and you think well these are the best five batsmen in England and if they're not good enough then what it's about you know the county system is not producing batsmen so this is feels like a really long-term problem that is not only has not only not been fixed it's not even you know they've not even started to address it yeah, and you've got this whole. There's a there's a real, say, undercurrent. It's not, is it? It's a, it's a it's above the surface, and it's it, you know of of former players now who are just like clearly bewildered by some of the mm. technique on show and some of the the way that England's top order are approaching things. Um, like, yeah, clearly someone like Mark Butcher obviously like didn't that himself have a great track record, but that that you know clearly he's people like that. Um, you know, they're coming from a, a place of immense experience and have watched a lot of yeah. cricket as well. Well, also, Mark Butcher would absolutely walk into this yeah, team exactly. at the moment. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, and you know, you've got NASA. You know, you saw his um, his impassioned plea. Um, you know, after the, the the New Zealand series, basically saying just get a grip and, and start playing normally. Stop, stop trying to be sort of too clever. Stop faffing about, yeah, titting about uh, yeah. with weird um, uh, footwork and things. Yeah, and uh, clearly th- th- that. You know, that, that that must there must be or there is a um there's a school of thought now that is being implemented that that just isn't getting results now whether that school whether you know in a year's time all these players are like you know reeling off ton after ton because it you know things click and actually this is just groundwork for that you know that that's it, it's tough to be sort of place any sort of faith in that or this this method coming off mm. i mean i i suppose it is worth saying that Rory Burns scored 100 and and looked pretty good and, and Sibley got that 80, which was, you know, perhaps a more controversial innings in terms of the tempo at which he scored it. But he did, if what he was trying to do was knuckle down and, and, and you know, shut up shop um, to secure the draw, then he, he did that very well. So, you know, there were positive moments, but, you know, Burns also played a terrible shot in the fourth, you know, in the second innings at Edgebaston that kind of precipitated that collapse. So... And then, like, yeah, Zach Crawley and Ollie Pope. I mean, both of them, you've got to think, have, have got bright England future. I mean, they they have to be the, at the centre of plans, don't they? Because they're clearly two of the most talented young batsmen in England. But they just looked so out of their depth against this New Zealand attack. Yeah, this has to be an opportunity now, having seen this too, to, to look at it, look at things again and, 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 and try and get it right. What's so unfortunate is you've got obviously you've got Burns who, yeah, okay, you can't be too critical. He got runs, but he is like it's unpleasant to watch. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's like it's, it's sort of mm. I don't know. It's just, <sighs> it's, just it's quite hard. Oh, it's hard. No, it is harsh. It is hard. I don't like. I'm, it's not. Uh, it's not. Not it's just not good to watch. It's, <laughs> It doesn't actively unpleasant to it, watch. Yeah, it doesn't come from a place of malice. It just, kind of, <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's just it's unwieldy. And I wouldn't mind. You know, you wouldn't mind that if because it's you know, 
it can't be too critical because as you say he's got he's made runs in this yeah. series uh, and he's made runs before and you know you can't really you literally can't do any more than that mm. it's just what's following is either Dom well what's kind of below that is Dom Sibley who's also pretty unpleasant to watch and then players that are just getting out for nothing mm. so it's kind of like the only runs England are making are coming in a really unpleasant way <laughs> well what I would say to that though and I, you may disagree but I have for years been banging the drum that I wanted England to be picking some players who were bat. I wouldn't have used the words unpleasant to watch, <laughs> but that were going to show some application and, and get their heads down and, and defend um, because th- they just keep picking kind of white ball specials like Jason Roy was opening two summers ago. So I'm glad that that's the approach they're taking. So I'm slightly loath to be too critical of, of Burns and Sibley. It's just that they are... Uh, you know, I suppose they're not producing it enough and then lower down, they're not producing it at all. Yeah. And even Joe Root, who, you know, it is, and we said this at the time to just vindicate us, give ourselves a pat on the back, which, you know, obviously we never do. He scored that double hundred in India following all those runs he'd, he'd scored in Sri Lanka. And, you know, there was chat of like, well, we're witnessing greatness. I, I suppose he is he's certainly a modern English great, but he's not doing it enough. Like that was a little purple patch. And, you know, it, it, that came off the back of quite a lean run and he's in another lean run now. And so, you know, we don't need to talk about this, but, you know, there is a question about should he be captain? Well, yeah. And because he obviously is the best batsman in the team by a mile, but he isn't doing it enough. You know, he's not producing the kind of consistency of a Williamson or a Smith or a Coley. And England desperately need him to because they haven't got support for him yeah and i think what what people why root i mean obviously weight of runs was one thing but one of the things that marked him out and and, and you know forced him into the conversation uh of this sort of big four or big whatever um but what you know what was so nice about root was was the way he scored it the opposite of, you know burn you know, it wasn't pleasant to very watch. pleasant to watch like achingly pleasant to watch <laughs> and just a joy and the runs would kind of you know, he'd come to the crease and he, the runs would just flow um, effortlessly. The runs would just flow effortlessly. I can't say <laughs> I thought you'd broken there. <laughs> just said it twice. Wrong both times. <laughs> uh, and the runs would just flow freely. Um, Without any effort. With, with, yeah, free of effort. Um, and, you know, so, uh, and, and, you know, obviously... He, he's had to deal with all this stuff with you know he's answering the questions about Robinson and, and mm. I, I, I do think it's probably time to, to just to let him get on with the batting well I would have never made him captain in the first place and I would have taken it off him a long time ago uh, you know ha- having been made captain so yeah that's definitely something I would do there's still the problem of well who else is it but it's such a I just don't think the benefit of that problem being solved outweighs the 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 downside of of him yeah he he looks like a man under pressure with a lot of distractions and other things to think about other than just concentrating on his batting which is obviously what you need him to do yeah i think the other the other you know some of the other issues at the moment clearly you know we've spoken about the rotation policy but it's backfired here and it's been obviously shown up by bolt coming in yeah straight in um and now whether that's the right or the wrong decision Ultimately, in the long term, I don't know, but you know, certainly in terms of on the pitch, that's a it, and it's a great shame that the first time England fans have got back into a ground, they've not seen a te- they, they, you know they've not been able to see mm. a team 
with the best chance of winning. Um, so that that's a great shame. And then you know, obviously, the just the the, the somewhat muddled thinking and the, and the, you know the stuff with Bracey coming in, yeah. not batting where he bats, and keeping when he's you know he's quite a long way down the pecking order. Yeah, well, he and and having a you know having a very very torrid time of it, and now it's probably like ruined for a, a little I felt while. Really sorry yeah. for him. He, he he will probably never play another test, so he'll end up with a test average of two point three or whatever it is. And he yeah he he did not keep well. He did not look very confident behind the stumps at all. But I just yeah I think you've got to lay the blame at the ECB's door there, or you know at the at the management's door because he isn't the best wicketkeeper in England or you know obviously that's Ben Folkes so he's come in when Folkes is injured but he's not the second best wicketkeeper in England either or probably in the top 10 they might say oh well Folkes got injured at the last minute it wasn't that last minute it happened before we recorded our preview which I then which admittedly was last minute (laughs) Um, so it wasn't like it was the morning of the game they could have drafted someone else in and they certainly could have drafted someone else in for the second test if you know having seen what happened in the first so um, and that's the thing, when, when he was selected in the squad, he was brought in to bat, not to keep. So, No, I thought that was very harsh on him. Yeah. He, he shouldn't have been put in that position. But yeah, it, it'd be difficult to pick him again now. And it, yeah, you hope it's not a kind of Simon Kerrigan situation where, as you say, this could ruin him, you know, ruin his professional career, not just his kind of England ambitions. But yeah, it was, it was very unfortunate. All right, lastly, on this test series... I, I made this note after the first test and it feels slightly outdated now. But I, I just wonder what your take is because I saw after the end of the first game, uh, Bumble, David Lloyd, uh, <laughs> tweeting that that was the worst test match he'd ever watched. <laughs> and, you know, obviously he's been, he, he's watched a lot of test cricket. And, and I think what he was talking about there was the fact that he was very frustrated that England didn't go for the runs on the final day and that they'd kind of, robbed the paying public and the wider uh the wider audience of entertainment there and that you know that they almost had a responsibility or a duty to go for those runs i i'm just not convinced by that i certainly i mean it wasn't a great game was it and it was a pretty dull final day i think that's a wild exaggeration so it's the worst test he's ever seen because there have been a lot of tests like that that i've seen um but what do you think about the fact you've kind of shown your hand a bit here, but what do you think about the fact that they didn't go for the runs on the final day? Should they have done that? <sighs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it is disappointing because at, well, at the end of the day, it is the sport is played to be an entertainment. It, you know, it, it, it seems very miserly not to have to, to go for that decision. That said, if they if England then win the second test mm. and, and win the series one nil, everyone's happy well that's um, why i say maybe this note is outdated because yeah. i made that thinking well they've surely they've done the sensible thing there to set themselves up for a chance to, to win the series in test two but given that they lost the series that does kind yeah. of render that decision so the flip side is they could have won that lost the second test won all and then yeah. it's like well you know we've had a kind of buccaneering victory i guess you know maybe they thought that that there just wasn't the confidence in the personnel and you know without without your your stokes and your butler and well, you've and also, whoever. yeah, well, exactly. And you've got to remember, if we're doing what ifs, that they could have come out swinging and been bowled out for 60. And I don't think Bumble would have said, <laughs> well, that's fair enough. I don't think many people would have just said, like, yeah, fair play to them, they gave it a go. I mean, maybe there'd have been an element of that. But if they'd done that and then 
And again, if we're doing what ifs, and then the second test had been a draw or rained off of something, people would have said that was brainless. So I, yeah, in hindsight, it looks like a, the wrong decision because they've obviously gone on to lose the second test. But at the time, I didn't think it was. And I, I, I get it because it wasn't a very exciting final day. And it, you know, after it reached a certain point where a draw was inevitable, I definitely stopped watching. And it, it is a bit of a weird thing about cr- test cricket, I suppose, that, you know, that that's sort of you're pleased as a fan if you can turn off the TV. <laughs> um, but uh, I think given England's, um, you, you know, given the fact that England aren't very good and they're playing New Zealand who are very good, taking the draw, I, d- I don't think they can be criticised too much for that. And they and they had to bat well to get it. And that's something that they haven't been very good at doing, you know, knuckling down and, and you know, Dom Sibley scoring 80 off 260 balls. I mean, that's not something that many England batsmen of recent vintage have been able to do or have done. So I wouldn't criticise them for that. And the other thing about it is that a lot of people, you know, a lot of people have criticised that, not just David Lloyd. And one of the things that they've said is that, well, I don't understand why they didn't go for that because this series isn't part of the World Test Championship. I.e., you know, maybe it'd be different if there were World Test Championship points on the line, but there aren't. So it's the, the implication being, well, this is only a bit of fun, so they may as well go for it. And this just, just to come back to one of my hobby horses about the World Test Championship, and we're going to go on to talk about the final in a second. One of my worries about it, one of my, you know, one of the things that keeps me awake at night, Tane, is thinking that you know, does the whole idea of the World Test Championship is to add some context and some meaning and to add value to test cricket. But there is a danger that it could also accidentally devalue test cricket because before the World Test Championship existed, that that wouldn't have been part of the conversation, the idea of, well, this doesn't really matter. But there's now a feeling that unless it counts for the World Test Championship, it doesn't matter. And so, you know, you're kind of erasing or... Yeah, you're sort of uh, undermining, nullifying the context, undermining exactly the the context that Test cricket had of its own. That each Test match matters somehow. It's almost like we've kind of. It's almost like a emperor has no clothes moment where everyone's gone. Oh yeah, this doesn't matter, (laughs) (laughs) but we thought it mattered before, and that's obviously the case for series that don't count towards the World Test Championship. But it could also be the case for series that do count towards the World Test Championship, but where the two teams involved have no chance of making it to the final. And that will be most series, actually. So I, I just, I fear that it ends up having the reverse effect for the majority of test cricket we see, that actually, unless there's significant uh, championship points on the line, then this doesn't matter. Mm. Yeah, it's tough to disagree with that. I think it's well well argued. Thanks very much. <laughs> and without, and all off the notes app. Yeah, yeah. So, Remarkable virtuoso stuff. Um should we talk about Ollie Robinson? I don't oh, think people God. need a big recap on no. this because, you know, the whole world will have seen it. They've been talking about it on GB News. Um, obviously, yeah, uh, suspended or made his debut in the first test, suspended pending a review because during that first test, um, some tweets of his came to light from what, 2012, 2013, when he was a 18-year-old um, of a racist and sexist nature. The ECB have suspended him while they investigate. Uh, to say this is divided opinion is probably an understatement, but I don't know. What, what do you think about the way ECB, the ECB have handled it? Yeah, it's a, it's just, it's all very, very unfortunate. And I don't, there's no, yeah, there's no clear cut, I don't think, reaction to this. And there's no way of, you know. And just to be clear, by unfortunate, you don't mean like 
unlucky. No, no, I mean like yeah. like regrettable. Yeah, because yeah, I mean clearly the timing, like it coming on. We'll come on to to the actual sort of the content or whatever you know in, in a sec. But just in terms of for him in that per- that moment, it is possible to feel quite sorry for him coming off uh, you know a phenomenal mm. high of you know what will be you know would have been the career highlight. Well, he played really well. Yeah, because- to to then to to walk off the pitch to to presumably someone tapping on the shoulder saying can we have a chat mm. uh you know that that will be very very difficult to deal with clearly the content of those tweets um is very uh it's very difficult and unpleasant and and you know not it should yeah does clearly, yeah. unacceptable yeah, yeah unacceptable in in that context i think the way it was talked about it appears that a lot of those tweets were just sent to friends of his that you know they weren't he wasn't directly abusing people Mm-hmm. Um, they were sent to friends. So they're clearly very bad jokes and in extremely poor taste. They're not jokes that I would make or have made. They're probably, they're jokes or they're, you know, some of the tone or some of the the areas of, of, of humour, if you can put it that way, mm. quote unquote. I'll have heard in my life, of course, from people who aren't bad people, who are, or who I don't think, or haven't thought of bad people or have malicious intent, they're just bad, the very, very bad jokes. Mm. Um, that's not to say, I'm not, I'm not trying to say there's no, you know, there is definitely very real and very uh, damaging kind of structural issues with racial inequality, racism, sexism, and gender inequality. There's, there's no doubt about that. I feel like the, I feel like the actual nub of this, though, is, is it, you know, it was someone making very bad jokes to their friends, and the fact that in a public domain... That is slightly unfortunate um, that, that, that they've then surfaced because I think there will be lots of people, there will be lots and lots of people in the country and around the world who will make jokes like that, but not coming from a, do you know what I mean? Not coming from a bad place, coming mm. from a, obviously clearly an ignorant place. And as I say, these aren't jokes that we would make. No. Um, yeah, well, it's, I think it's important to say that not only are they, like, it's not just that we wouldn't make those jokes because we realise that that's, inappropriate is that because we don't think those things or it's not like we that they're jokes that we would think of but then think well better not say that it's just that you obviously like it wouldn't even occur to you to make that joke because you don't think that or think it's funny well yeah like so one of the one of the tweets was about or or was a you know very unpleasant and um poor taste remark about madeline mccann and and gary Mm. speed um now I know there are people though that have very poor, you know, a very yeah. their sense of humour is is like dark in that sense, and I don't, I don't know. This we're going to get onto a much wider issue here, but you would, I do, I do think there's a difficulty because some people would say, well, no, nothing is out of bounds in comedy, mm. and you know, you would hear, you know, stand-up comedians will make jokes about, will make high-profile mainstream comedians make jokes not dissimilar to the the context of those the, the content of those tweets yes and it and it perhaps depends you know then it some would say it then comes down to the context and the the place and timing at which those are made and if they're made in private with friends who kind of are in on the joke or in on the fact that this is a joke and you know don't think that you really think these things whatever that's different so if you're making them in public and, and maybe the mistake that ollie robinson made was not realizing that twitter is a public forum um and that these 
tweets are there forever and, and are still there. I mean, my take on it is that I think it is possible to simultaneously think that it's a bit, it just feels like a, a slight waste of everybody's time that someone's kind of trawling back through his tweets from 10 years ago. And to simultaneously think that um, he, by all accounts, is a changed figure he, and that he may very well not think those things anymore or wouldn't make those jokes anymore. And that's you know what people say, and that's part of the ECB's investigation to make sure that that is the case. And I, th- I think that's right. I think they have handled it in the right way in that sense. Um, to simultaneously think all that, but also think that they can't. This can't. We can't stand for this. Like it, it can't just be. What What are we saying that we that that they just go? Okay, yeah, he's moved on. You know, he's not that guy anymore. Especially given the events of the last year and the fact that the ECB are running a big anti-discrimination campaign at the moment. I mean, they, they, they had no choice but to suspend him. And so to simul- simultaneously think all that I just said before, but also think that this was that the content of those tweets is entirely unacceptable and there needs to be some punishment. And, and on, on this question of like, or some sanction, I should say, on this question of, you know, that a lot of people have brought up of like, well, it was, he was 18. It was nine years ago. You know, I, I just I'm I'm not sure how much I go along with that because you wouldn't say that about other misdemeanors or crimes or actions. You know, I, I can't remember if I made this analogy to you and I'm not sure it's a perfect analogy, but if he had robbed a petrol station or robbed a shop or something when he was eighteen and got away with it and then he was playing his first test for England and someone went, Hang on, I know that guy and they you know, went back through the CCTV or whatever and realised, oh yeah, he was the guy that robbed the petrol station. I don't think the response from people would be, well, it was nine years ago. He was 18, you know, because obviously we understand that there is no kind of statute of limitations on that kind of crime. So I suppose the only question is, how heinous a crime do you consider this to be? And, you know, and that is difficult because it it isn't as straightforward as robbing a petrol station. But it I don't think we can just write it off as well. You know, he's he was 18 then, he's 27 now. There, there still needs to be some consequence. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I agree with that point. I, I, I don't know. The, the, I tried to find the Twitter account that he was tweeting at, or the, 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 but it doesn't seem to exist. I don't, I don't know who... I presume... I, I'm, I'm assuming that these were mainly directed at friends. Mm. So I, I do think that... I do, I do think that... that immediately does separate this this is not in the same i think part of the issue well you know one part of the issue is that it's kind of it's it's sort of being lumped in with the other racial abuse that yeah that that sports people in particular or anyone is is subject to online which is obviously you know completely not saying that this is acceptable and that is unacceptable but that that is a very you know abusing someone directly is is clearly there must there must be completely unacceptable a spectrum yeah, yeah. because I, th- these these to me appear to be yeah as i say poor taste jokes now i th- i think to a cert- lesser or a certain extent we are all or a lot of people are guilty at some stage in uh, one time or another of making jokes that aren't that then subsequently down the line would be shown to be not acceptable or not as you know not as um not as clever as they, the, the people who you know, said them at the time might have thought, and not, and you know, there is just a culture. There is a, there's a some people want to 
say things that, that and use language that is risque at best risque at worst offensive and, and colorful for effect or just be, because of whatever reason at the time they think it's big and clever or that mm. it's like that it gets a gets a reaction um you know some of the language obviously they kind of covered the broad spectrum of stuff didn't it? as you say it was uh it was kind of these these would be jokes that would be offensive to quite a lot of people for quite a lot of different re- or quite a lot of different people for quite a lot of different reasons yeah um but the you know i don't think i suppose the point i'm trying to make is like i, I do think apolo- i think an apology clearly you know clearly given against the backdrop of everything that that the ecb have to act and yeah um because clearly ollie, ollie robinson isn't a stand-up comedian and you know mm. fans of english cricket and the english public you know you, you don't expect to see the players representing representing your country being associated with that kind of stuff well yeah and there are also a lot of um black asian non-white and female cricketers who are, uh, you know, or young people who want to be cricketers, who are going to be, uh, if they don't act, they're being essentially, um, you know, it's it's like a, it's a kick in the teeth for yeah, them, quite. isn't it? I, I suppose for me, what what possibly, and it's it's probably not necessarily not quite high. Pro- obviously, it's very high profile, but it's not necessarily high profile enough to to force a change on this, but. For me, it, it just raises it does it raises question about what passes as humour if it's said it with a with humorous I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It, like, because yeah. you'll get Ricky Vajay. I can't even say Ricky Gervais would say that you know you could joke about anything mm. and you should be allowed to joke about anything, um, and and he will have said more offensive things than 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 the content of these tweets. I think. I suppose one of the reasons that this has caught fire so much and has been front page news in the uk is and you know again <laughs> i always know something's happening in cricket something's happening in cricket because people i know who who aren't into cricket at all text me about it but um i, th- I think one of the reasons for that is because it, it is it is actually touching on some really complex societal questions around you know what do we do with how do people make amends because yeah i i, I definitely think that well, firstly, the ECB had no choice but to suspend him, but also it was the right thing to do to suspend him because I do think, I don't think you can just say, oh, never mind, move on. You know, he should face some penalty, some punishment for this. But what is a satisfactory punishment? Are we saying that because he did, yeah, I don't think, as I, as I just said, I don't think you can say, well, he did this when he was 18, it's nine years ago, forget it, move on. But equally, are we saying that if you do something when you're 18, if you do something like this when you're 18, that that's it. You're written off now forever. You know what? What does he need to do to atone for this? Um, but, but I don't know the answer to that. But then the next, the logical next step is, you know, do, should everyone, should everyone's um, everything anyone's ever typed be cross-referenced mm. with every imaginable slur and um, offense, you know, word that could be offensive to someone, and then kind of what sort of rated and reviewed and. And then, uh, I, I, you know... Just get off Twitter is what we're well, saying, really, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, the, the, clearly, the, it, it, this is not... What he has been found um, to have done is, is, is in no way unique to him or just a few people. Or, it, you know, this will be... There will be hundreds of thousands, millions of people in the country, I suspect, who, who, who <laughs> would be involved... I don't know, would, would be kind of privy to stuff that's like... Well, yeah, and obviously the ECB are now investigating other players uh, for similar things. So, you know, but that's not to say that it's okay. No, I'm not. No, definitely not saying that. Or that that they shouldn't 
take action. So, yeah, I mean, I suspect that assuming that nothing else has turned up in this investigation, that he will be back or he will be available for selection for the India series. It's difficult. It's really difficult. What's your view then on risque bad taste jokes that are said on a on a comedian on a stage is it all right for a comedian a stand-up comedian to say a joke but not for anyone else to repeat it is it is this is, it, is the stage like a or, or you know is it a, a kind of sacred place where you can, you've got kind of um what's the expression what's the word in parliament yeah you know what i mean though is that because I, I think i do think that immunity i uh rightly or wrongly there's probably some truth in that um, yeah, because I, I do think context matters. Context matters for these conversations in the same way that, again, rightly or wrongly, all sorts of things are discussed in philosophy seminars that at the dinner table, you know, people would be horrified by. And certainly when they're discussed on Twitter, philosophy professors get cancelled because they're talking about the ethics of killing and, you know, and, and very difficult things that, you know, thought experiments where you're trying to kind of isolate moral principles so again that's not a perfect analogy but yeah it you know context absolutely does matter but i don't know i mean i i I didn't look at i read the tweets once i can't remember all the detail of the ollie robinson tweets but i'm i'm not sure that they are on the same kind of level as like a ricky gervais joke and i suppose with the comedy thing again uh, you know if a comedian says it you it's about what is the intention behind the words if you you know if it's Jim Davidson or so we feel like or Roy Chubby Brown we feel like they actually are they genuinely think these things and are you know are using those jokes to belittle and denigrate and then that's different to if there's a kind of layer of irony whether or not that is totally acceptable I don't know but that is different to Ricky Gervais doing it I think yeah no I agree with not that not sorry defending Ricky Gervais here but no I agree with that and but 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 I do I do think that the context of those interactions I think has been missed. And I don't think anyone's really, maybe I've got it wrong. Maybe, maybe they are all just directly abusing mm. people, but I, I don't, I, I doesn't appear to me to be the case. It appears to be someone making yeah poor taste comments to a friend, which in a public domain, which is, you know, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't, we wouldn't stand in the high street from one end to the other and, and make comments like this, you know? So, and if we did, we'd probably expect to receive some sort of, if not um, official sanction from from the police, someone would probably come up and punch us both. It, it, as you said, the the context, the wider context of of what's going on in the world, you know, um, it, it it certainly looks very bad, yeah. and it probably is a little bit bad. I think we are going to pivot really hard now. <laughs> it's it's a, a bit of a gear change because uh, we're coming towards the end here. But just to talk about the world test championship final by the way as we were having that conversation you've got your back to the the car park there Tim. but this guy kind of wandered down onto the beach stared at us with his hands on his knees trying to work out what we were doing and i think possibly overheard some of our conversation about like you know societal <laughs> systemic uh. societal structural problems and then just turned around and left so I was like, oh, we've got a live audience. No, we don't. No. Hopefully some people are still listening out there uh, in cyberspace. But um, yeah, let's talk about the World Test Championship final, which, as I mentioned, starts on Friday, the 18th of June. India flown into England to take on New Zealand uh, at the Aegeus Bowl in Southampton. How excited are you for this tone? What's, what's your feeling? We've been talking about the World Test Championship forever. We're finally 
at the final. Um, how do you feel about it all now? Oh, well, yeah, looking forward to the, the clash, um, for sure. Yeah, as you sort of, yes, you mentioned before about the the potential, the the pitfalls of the World Test Championship. It might all be bad, but it's thrown up a nice moment, potentially, or a fun moment. So um, I think we've got to enjoy that. But you would surely get as much enjoyment probably as of, of seeing, you know, a five test series between the top two sides in the world. Mm. Um, although, although having said that, obviously India did, you know, they did play against New Zealand not that long ago. Um, in a way, there's something quite like to completely go against what I always say in a way there's something quite nice about the fact that this is a one-off because it is like it feels very you know it's all on the line winner take all but then test cricket isn't quite doesn't quite work like that because it's not winner take all um because you can have a draw and also the weather forecast <laughs> does uh doesn't fill me with optimism um that this won't be a draw because it yeah it does a lot of rain around over the next few days but I am excited about it. I, I, I've been pretty negative about the World Test Championship, I think it's fair to say. But now we're here, I, I, I can't help but be excited about the prospect of seeing the, you know, what are quite clearly the two best teams in the world facing off, especially because they're going to be facing off in neutral conditions. And we, we never see that. And in a way, I don't know whether that's, that's actually the thing I'm excited about more than I am about the Test Championship mace or whatever it is that's on the line. Because... Because, yeah, we do just never see that. And I would, I'd actually love to see England play Australia and India. I'd love to see South Africa play New Zealand in West Indies. Do you know what I mean? Just because it, it, it's a totally different, adds a totally different dynamic. So, for example, with this, India and New Zealand, I think it's probably fair to say that India would hammer New Zealand in India and New Zealand would hammer India in New Zealand because both are incredibly strong at home. But in England, it's really difficult to call. I mean, I think New Zealand, the conditions favour New Zealand a bit, both sort of... Uh, naturally but also because there's going to be a lot of rain around you know this the the spinners might not come into it as much as as they would if it was really kind of if we weren't still in the heat wave you know possibly new zealand starters favorites for that reason but yeah i think just these two teams playing in a neutral venue is pretty exciting no, i agree with that what i what i'm very adamant about is that this is i don't think this is a full vindication of the world test championship if we have a thrilling final here people will say oh it's brilliant yeah, what a success, but I think there are big problems with it still, um, whatever happens this week. But I am excited. In isolation, I'm excited about this game. Who's, who starts favourites for you? I think New Zealand yeah, have to, don't they? Um, conditions clearly crucial, but you know, India swept England aside pretty comfortably last time out. New Zealand have just dominated England in, in England. Um, but uh, yeah, just by virtue of the fact that New Zealand have had a, a, a you know a full and decent enough warm up, um, yeah, I think they have to start as favourites. Kind of full throttle. Yeah. Although don't forget that you know some of their best players only played one game. Kane Williamson played one game and scored about four cumulatively, didn't he? So there's that, and also we shouldn't lose sight of how good India are. Like there could be a, a slight recency bias that we've just seen New Zealand and thought, wow, but actually. You know, you look at that India starting eleven, and you think, "Oh yeah, they're a very good team." And yes, I think the conditions do favour New Zealand a bit, but I also think this India side are better equipped to win in in England than really any we've ever seen. And and they, I think, they will start the series against England as favourites, as, as strong favourites. So, yeah, I, I I think it is two very well matched teams, and um, I find it quite difficult to call. We'll see you on the other side. 
Exactly. Well, that's going to be it, Tone. How have you found this one on the beach? But, yeah, really nice. It's still very grey overhead, but the, the rain has held off. There's a fisherman out there in waders just uh, pulling in a, a lobster pot. Where? By Roos. He's on his boat. God, you can see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Come on, mate. You need to get your eyes tested. You said you went to the optician the other day. No, I've got it booked. Oh, you got it booked. There's no way you could see what that guy's doing. When sure. I went to the optician a couple of years ago, in probably like 2018, uh, they said, when was your last appointment? And I said, not sure. And they went, was it the last time you came here? And I said, yes. And they said, yeah, that was in 1999. <laughs> and I think you had something similar when you yeah. booked your appointment the other day, didn't you? Yeah. I think uh, genuinely the last time I remember going to the optician, well, it wasn't even an optician. It was when the person came into school and you read like three letters. Like, yeah, it's good enough. <laughs> the last time you went into the optician, you uh, skateboarded in listening to <laughs> Oasis on your Walkman. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, well, good luck with that because, uh, you know, I'm not an optician, but your eyes aren't, your eyes aren't your strongest asset i would say oh, yeah, to be fair, on the uh, basis of this yeah, well, I just, not being able to see that fisherman uh, well i just can't see anyone moving i Come don't know anyway that's about it for the world Creek show let's should we do another one of these after the after the final yeah let's do it talk about that talk, the lots of limited over stuff england white ball teams in action scene loads happening this summer and we're gonna talk about it all on the beach yeah definitely all right well thanks for listening everybody uh we are on social media that's all I'm going to say. Find us there uh, and do uh, re- leave a review. All right. Stay in school, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now. Drake.